in Jesus name in the mighty name of Jesus Heavenly Father King of Kings Lord of Lord we thank you for this awesome morning Father, we thank you for the weather we thank you for everything your provision your guidance Lord we say that may all glory and adoration be unto thee and thee alone in the name of Jesus Father, today is another day your children have gathered once again, Father, O oh Lord, to reason together in your word. Heavenly Father, I will pray, O oh Lord, that through your word, Father, O oh Lord, you will visit us indeed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, O oh Lord. Father, O oh Lord, everything in our life, my Lord, my God, that mocks your glory, everything in our life, O oh Lord, is contrary to your will. Heavenly Father, at the appearance of light, which is your word, Lord Jesus, they will disappear in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, O oh Lord. Father, we thank you for answers to prayers. That is, we say, receive all the glory because you're a great and mighty God. For in Jesus' most excellent name, our prayers are answered. Amen. Please be seated. I welcome you once again to this Sunday morning, our weekly Sunday school class. We have been going through a particular series that um, has to do with friendship. We have we started with um, that was um the week before anniversary, ma. Yeah, we have done one and two, so today we'll hopefully be rounding it up. And if we have time, we can. If 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 we are done on time, we can then move to another topic. Now, last week I gave us an assignment. Can you remember? I gave us an assignment. What was the assignment? Was it the French I gave you? What was the word? Huh? I said you should compare and contrast. Compare and contrast what? What and what? You should contrast, compare and contrast friendship, enmity, and fray enemism. Yes. So when they say compare, what does it mean? Compare means that you should give me the similarities between them. Do you understand? Then to contrast is the differences. So were you able to do the assignment? Why? School. Hmm. All right. Well, before that's coming, let's start discussing on it. Let's start with similarities. Okay, then let me wait for them to join so I can ask them. Stop working like Serena. Work like Mommy. Be fast. We're waiting for you. Come and answer. I gave assignment. Come and tell me what you found out. Yes. What were you able to find out? Eh? Uh huh. Okay. Okay, it's always there for you. Okay. 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 So, okay. He doesn't care about you. All right. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay. My friend is. Okay. So, yes. Yes. Okay. So, a friend enemy is a false friend. They pretend to be friends, but they are really enemies. They don't. Have, they don't care about you. And of course, they are, you can see them anywhere. You can see them in our offices, in our schools, even in the church. So we want to look deeper. Who again did the assignments? Who again has something to say? Madam Wura. You can sit down. Thank you. 
Um, you, um, Junior, did you do the assignment? What assignment? The one I gave you last week. No problem. Now, listen attentively. Let me start with similarities. Now, from this, um, good morning, sir. From these quotes I'll be giving out, do you understand? You can be able to deduct. Before you came, I told them that to compare means to look for similarities. So I said compare and contrast. I didn't just ask you to differentiate. So you should give me the similarities. What is the connection? What are the things that are common with all those elements? Then you contrast the differences. What sets them apart? Do you understand? Now let's start with similarities. Now, the first thing you should know is that what you are your greatest. We are continuing from is it the same topic we are doing. So once we are, if you are, once we round, if we can round up on time, just if we do not come early enough, we're supposed to introduce something else. Now, the greatest friend you can have is who? Yourself. Yes, I'm looking at similarities between um, enemies and um, friends. What is that thing you see in enemy that you also see in friendship? Of course, the greatest enemy you can have is yourself, and the greatest friend you can have is yourself. That is the first thing you need to understand. Remember, I told us earlier on that you're the best friend that every Christian should have is who? Jesus. Yes. But being a best friend and being a great friend are two different things. Do you understand? Your best friend, you know, in English we use best as a word. Best is what kind what's part of speech? What part of speech is best? An adjective in the superlative form. Do you understand? Now for Jesus to be your best friend, it means you have other friends. But amongst them all, Jesus is the pick of the bunch. So you cannot use best where it is only referring to one thing. Do you understand? When you use best, it is when you are comparing, you know, more than two elements. Do you understand? So for you to say Jesus is your best friend, it means you have other friends. So I'm not, I did not, I did not tell you that day that you should not have human friends. I only told you that your best friend should be who? Jesus. Is that understood? Are you understanding me? Then you talk about greatest friend. Being the best friend, Jesus is your best because he knows the best thing for you. There are some things you think that are actually good for you, but in reality, they are actually not the best for you. Jesus knows that. So he's the best friend you can have because his thoughts for you are always good and not of evil. But when you talk about great friends, great friends are those that have impact the most. Now, Jesus can be your best friend. Do you understand? He might have good intentions for you. Do you understand? But if you resist him, there is little he can do. There was somewhere in the book of Revelation, I think, I don't know, chapter 3, verse 20 or thereabouts, it was said that if you open the door of your heart, he's going to come in. So if Christ is there for you, but you don't, you don't welcome him, him, you don't desire what he has to offer, do you understand? There will be limits to what he can do for you. There was a, in, when Jesus was on earth, there was a past, his, his own fatherland, his own origin. The Bible says he could not do much there. He could not do a lot of miracles there because they did not believe him. But when he goes other places, he does signs and wonders. Why? Because those who they believe in him. So, your best friend is Christ, but your greatest friend is who? Yourself. Because you are the one that has heaven and hell can be saying anything about you. People can be saying anything about you, but what matters most is what you say yourself. So, I want to begin to ask yourself this morning, am I actually a friend to myself or an enemy to myself? People have always said something, that devil is not powerful, that he only has the power of deceit. He uses you against yourself. In Igbo language, we call Satan, Ekwensu. 
Once if you agree, then he will strike. So if you do not agree, if you don't give him that room to operate, there's little he can do. So most people that devil have ruined their life, they are the one that gave him that legal ground. Do you understand? So if you yourself, you are not yet first, you're, you're not the first enemy of yourself. There is very little that the devil can do. So the first similarity between enmity and friendship is that as human beings, we are the greatest enemy to ourselves and can also be the greatest friend to ourselves. That was a quote made by a man known as Jeremy Taylor. Now number two, it takes bravery to stand up against your enemy and equally takes similar bravery to stand up against your friends. Our enemies are people we are often afraid of. Do you understand? We always afraid of, when we hear enemy. You know, enemies are they are threats to us. They are oppositions. It takes bravely to stand up to our enemies, but just as much to stand up to our friends. So both friends and enemies, you need bravery to stand up against them. Do you understand? Your enemy is someone you are afraid of. When you see your enemy, what comes to your mind is terror. So when you want to oppose them, it will take confidence. You look at what happened in the Bible when Goliath showed up in the camp of the Israel. They were all terrified that this man has come. He's going to destroy us. Do you understand? And David came out. It took bravery on the part of David. If David was not brave, he could not. There are so many things that you might want to do in life, but because you are not brave enough, you don't have that confidence to stand up. Do you understand? You will not be able to what? execute those things so it takes bravery to stand against your enemy and equally it takes bravery to stand against, up against your friends if your friend that has been so good to you begin to do something bad do you understand if you are not brave you cannot speak up because you'll be thinking hey i don't want to hurt him or i don't want to hurt her this person has been all i have if i say something bad to him or her she might leave me do you understand so if you are not someone that is strong from within you will see that your friends can be doing so many things around you that you don't like since you don't tolerate from other people but you will not be able to speak up because you are not brave so it takes bravery to stand up against enemies and friends alike do we understand that now going forward Time can be your enemy or your friend. Time can be your enemy or your friend, depending on the context and the circumstances around. There are some in circumstances whereby you know you want to do something and you have a deadline to meet, and you know you have so much much time. You are relaxed, you are comfortable, you are not under any pressure. That time, time is your friend. But when you have a deadline to meet and this the, 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 the period, the duration you have, you have is very, very short, you will see that you'll be restless, you'll be uncomfortable, you feel threatening. So time can be your friend, time can be your enemy. So if you don't want time to be your enemy, whereby tomorrow you sit back, look at all the time you have spent and you begin to regret, you need to start doing the right thing now. Do you understand? And from the first series, for the first topic we discussed in this Sunday school, since I started teaching you guys, I told you, remember your creator in the days of your youth. So if you don't want to be, and when you get um, in your 70s and your 80s, you look at your life and feel like you have wasted all your years, you should start now to do the right thing. Because every decision you take today affects your tomorrow. Where you are today was a function of what you did yesterday. So, time can be your friend. Time can be your enemy. It's all boils down to your own personal decision. That is why I told us initially that you yourself can be your own undoing by being the greatest enemy to yourself and you yourself can be the best friend you can ever have. Do you understand that? Any question thus far? Then, finally, friendship and enmity is everywhere. It's just an affair of time and circumstances.
Friendship and enmity is everywhere and it's in everybody. In the church, there is friendship, there is enmity. In, in, the, in the place of work, the same thing in our families, it is everywhere. It's just a function of time and circumstances. Some people you look at and you say this person is very, very nice. It's very, very good. It's because something has not triggered that part of that person that we show you the ugly side. When some kind of events happen, do you understand? I might come to church, you look at me, hey, and you be admiring me. This boy, they can teach, he knows the Bible. Some things have not happened. That, has, that means you have not seen some part of me that will make you say, hey, do you understand? And sometimes, time and there are sometimes there's a, a particular time in your life whereby you will just have to be, you know, it's not every time you just you will be happy. It's not every time you'll be smiling. It's not every time you'll be all nice. Do you understand? There are sometimes whereby you can also be, you can feel bad. It's normal. So when you, if for you to go far in life, you need to have that understanding. Don't just take people at their face value. I told us from the beginning that. Why is it that Jesus should be your best friend? That Jesus does not change. The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But human beings are what? Fickle. They can change. A man can be nice to tomorrow and change tomorrow. So it is normal. So friendship is everywhere. Enmity is also everywhere. There was a time I was working in a place. So something was happening there and I was getting pissed off. I was getting I was like, I'm going to leave. I can't tolerate all this. This is rubbish. I mean, why people talk to me like that? Then my supervisor told me that, guy, this thing you're saying, you don't know where you want to go to. What do you need there? This thing is everywhere. If you cannot handle it here, when you go to that place you are going, the same thing will happen. You run away. You keep changing job. From it. So, understand that there is always enmity, friendship. It is in everywhere. It is in everybody. In my book club, there was a time I was telling them something. I told them that in, a, in every man, there is a king in every man, and I also say a beast in every man. Every man. We are seeing that is a king. That king part of you is the, the loving part of you, is the um, caring part of you, is the providing part of you. And there is a beast part in a man. That is what the mean part. Do you understand? And some people they say that in a woman, there is a queen in every woman, and also a serpent in every woman. Do you understand? It depends on what you the way you what to give people. If you treat people in such a way whereby you bring out the beast in them, you will see. Do you understand? But when you treat them in such a way to bring out the king and the queen in them, you also what see it. So do not be deceived. Don't think that because I'm in the church, that in the church, everybody is my friend, or I should be only be having friends in the church. No, even in the church, there can be enmity. It is all about circumstances and events. That is why you should be able to manage. So the reason for teaching us now is to be able to manage the circumstances around us. Do you understand? Be able to control the event around us, not control people. Control events, situations, so that you don't arrive in a situation whereby you now start creating enmity with people. Do you understand it? You understand? Let me come down to your level. Okay, now, both of us, we are friends. We are in good terms. Do you understand? And by virtue of getting closer to him and knowing him, I've known that maybe he's somebody that there are some people that they don't like. Maybe you are playing with them. You are hitting them like this. You are doing it, they are telling you we solve quietly. I don't like this thing you are doing. Stop it, stop it. And they are sending friends with free smiles. And you're not taking anything else. They feel like, is he, what is it? Am I not playing with? What is my own? I beg, Junior, how are you doing? You keep doing it. Ha! One day now, one day. <laughs> one day now, one day. Junior will come to church. And maybe someone that really provoked him, maybe at the gate. You now give it to him like that. You think it's Junior as usual. You just receive it on your face, boy. Do you understand? So, but if I was matured, I've done it one, two, three, and he has been telling me, ah, but still was, ah, uh, uh, I don't like, I don't play this, this kind of play, I don't like it though. Do you understand? I should be able to manage the situation. I shouldn't begin to take it personal, like, ah, 
He said, I'm, I'm playing with you now. No. As people to come, that is what, that is why we should, the Bible says we should be wise as what? Serpent. As children of God, we should be wise. Understand the environment you are and be in control, be in charge. Do you understand? Don't allow environment control you. When your son is being controlled by situations around you, you will keep having the wrong kind of friendship and unnecessary enmity. Because there are kind of, some kind of enemies that we have that are unnecessary. The enemies that, there are some enemies that you will have. You will have, it will be justifiable. Even God self has known that devil is his enemy. Do you understand? And he is established as his enemy. There's no joke about it. So that some kind of enemies that we have, even God we know that we accept it. But some enemies we have are unnecessary enemies. Things that bone of contention are useless things because we are not mature enough to handle situations properly. Do you understand that? Do you understand? Hmm. Abit, whether is affecting us. Alright, let's go. Let's move on. So we have looked at some of the familiar, other familiarities. So, um, what am I trying to establish here? Friendship, we know, is on one part. Enmity is on another part. They are like two worlds apart. It's not true. But there is always something that can connect both of them. That is why I'm bringing all these things out. Now, furthermore, let's look at some differences between these two. Now, friends believe in your potential. Your enemies will make you live up to it. Bible was saying some, I think in the book of Jude chapter 4, Jude verse 4, Jude verse 4, Jude only has one chapter, so verse 4, he was saying something there that about ungodly men, they were ordained to what? To condemn. The gospel that Christ has given to us is not a gospel of condemnation. It's a gospel of what? Reconciliation. What did I say? We are to reconcile. So we are not, we have not come to condemn. So it should be very, very wrong and unethical of me to come here and begin to put maybe friendship above enmity. Because even enemies have their purpose in life. Both your friends and your enemy, they both add to your quality of life. It is your ability to manage them well. That's what matters. Do you understand? So in this particular quote, this person said that our friends, we, friends believe in your potential. Your friends are the ones that will make you recognize your potential. Do you understand? There are so many things I can do. I never knew I can do before. It was my friend that came to me. Ah, Plus, he was, see, if you can do this thing this way, do you know? Someone was telling me, ah, why don't you start a podcast? Someone was telling me, why don't you start making YouTube videos? Someone was, they were giving me different kind of ideas. I never, my eyes are not open to all those kind of things. Do you understand? You will listen to some people that are music, that are, that are, that are, that are into music. Someone will tell you that, I, that was one I was listening to. She told, she's a, she's, a, she's a rapper. She said that it was her brother. It was her brother that, what, that, that told her. That ah, see, you can actually, you can actually go into rapping. Do you understand that you have the potential? This is someone as a friend. Do you understand looking at us and telling us our potential? What are those things we are likely going to be good at? Do you understand that is a friend for you? But your enemies will help you to what to live up to those potential. So those things that your friend are telling you that you can do, it is your enemies that will push you towards to fulfill them. Ask me how. How? Now, as I said earlier, enemies are our what? They are, they, are, they, they, they feel, they are, they are threats, they are oppositions to us. It's not true. So definitely everything good about you, they will resist it. They will condemn you. They will talk down on you and everything. Now, normally when you talk about enemy, enemies, as I said, it's a part of opposition. That means there's always a battle. That's why you come to church. We, are, we pray some kind of warfare prayer in order to silence our enemies. So your enemy, before you begin to enjoy anything good from your enemy first of all you need to overcome them you need to establish your victory 
For example, now when um, during if you read the Bible, you see that some places they will go to war. When they get to war, when they conquer their enemy. What would they do? They now loot them. They carry everything good in among them. Even take some of them as slaves. So when you are able to overcome your enemy, establish your victory over them, you are going to prosper. You are going to benefit a lot from them. Part of the thing you're going to benefit is this thing that I'm saying here. Now, how will your enemies help you overcome, you know, fulfill those your potentials? Now, your enemies, they see you, they are condemning you. Do you understand? They, they don't say anything good in you. Now, those things that they are saying, you shouldn't allow it to weigh you down. Ah, they tell you, ah, you, you are maybe you are in choir, you sing. People come and tell you, hmm. Your voice is not the same. You just don't want to talk down on you. Do you understand? Now, your, that is a battle, that is a warfare. Your victory is for you to work. To, in the midst of that thing they are saying, say, stand strong. I say, I know I am not perfect, but I'm getting somewhere. Do you understand? But once you say, ah, I am not good, you now went away. You now go and hide. Come and say, no, my voice is not good. It's not my calling to sing. You have been defeated. So, your friends can help you see your potential. But your ability to handle your enemies well is what will determine if you are going to fulfill that potential. Because your enemies will be cut out to silence you, to hinder you from getting there. So you need to work to keep them where they belong in order for you to get your promised land. Is that understood? So, don't when you see enemies, do you understand, people opposing you, don't just see the bad side of them initially. Do you understand? There is also something good waiting for you. That is if you can what overcome. Bible says for those that overcome, they shall what? For them will be given the crown of glory. Now, number two, don't be afraid of enemies who attack you, but be careful of friends who flatter you. Very, very important. So that established, don't be afraid of enemies who attack you, but be careful of friends who flatter you. This comes, this um, establishes the fact that enemies will be always be out to, to attack. That is one thing about friends should not attack. But when friends are not careful, they can begin to flatter. Now, flattery is different from encouraging. So when people are encouraging you, you what? You accept it. You tell them thank you. God bless you. Maybe you're a chorister. You're finished singing. Somebody comes to you. Ah, sister, can you come? Well done. More grace. I, I was blessed. Ah, um, God bless you too. I, I, I appreciate. The person is encouraging. But flattery is that, you know, person will just come. You see that the person is just trying to make him feel good unnecessarily. Ah, you are this, you are that. You, even some of the things that you are not, you know you don't have. They are telling you you have it. That's all flattery. You understand? The person just wants you to feel, just make you feel good. Do you understand? Even when you should not, even when you know that you are, there is need for you to check yourself and adjust, the person is making you trying to make you that is flattery. So when people begin to flatter you, you should be careful, very very careful, because of what that could be a trace of a free enemy. Because it is free enemies that flatter a lot. No, we're not, we're not talking about free enemies. We're going to get there soon. Do you understand? I'm going to be the foundation. So you should be careful. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. When people come to you and they begin to, like I, I told you girls, a guy will come to you. You are beautiful. You are this. You are the sugar. You, are, you don't know that you are beautiful before. So you look at you. When you're coming to you, you look at yourself in the mirror. You see a monster. You need a guy to come and tell you you are beautiful so that you cannot begin to smile. The other day I was, someone to say, ah, they call her baby and she's smiling. That's how, how gullible people are. Do you understand? You don't need people's approval to determine yourself what. You should know yourself by yourself. So when people are beginning to sing your praise unnecessarily, you, you ignore them. Jesus Christ, it happened to Jesus. When he came to a place, I think um, 
um, in Gadarene, where that mad that, that madman was. That was a man Gadarene. When he came, the demons in that man, they started praising Jesus, the Son of God, this and that and that. that. Jesus did not come and Jesus did not say, if it is we, we say yes, so it is me. I am the Son of God, the most high, the all-powerful. Yes, keep hating me. Jesus Christ shut the demon up and cast it out. Do you understand? He, he he's not a fan of flattery. So we as well as his sons and as his daughters who look up to him, we should be very, very careful. Right from this very young age, don't be sold out to flattery. Some of us say we intentionally look for flattery. When, when people are not flattering us, we say that they are our enemies. We don't like them. We want people to flatter. We want people to sing our praises. We don't want to hear anything bad, bad about us. When you hear people saying something negative about you, you don't even want to know if it is true or false. You just hate them naturally. That's why some people don't even correct other people. Because of, nobody wants to hear the truth. We tell people, yeah, the person just say, ah, yeah, 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 bad belly. They want flattery. So some of us, we even look for it. That's why it keeps coming to us. But today, there should be a difference in you and them. And so when people flatter you, you shouldn't just confront them and begin to say, shut up, I get behind me, Satan, no. But be careful. Wisdom is what profitable to direct. Be careful, watch it. There could be something else that is in the background which you are not seeing. And before you recognize it, it might be too late. I just gave you an example now. A young girl and a, and a guy. The guy now, the flattery is not flattering just because of your looks or your intellect. He's flattering because there's something he wants to get. Once he gets that thing, Finish. It will be like thin, and it will be my very very bad for you. I like might even get pregnant or on that one disease, and he will just dump you. Then, then all those sweet things he was saying to you, when you even remember it, you'll be in pain. You, in fact, that I've seen people who got pregnant prematurely. Then, as they give birth, when they see those children that they they give birth to, out of that act, they even feel angry. They even want to kill them because it reminds them of the man. Do you understand? And their horrible experiences. Such is how bad it is. So don't be sold out towards flattery. The cost is very, very disastrous. Now, furthermore, help someone. When you help someone, you earn a friend. I'm talking about the differences now. When you help someone, you earn a friend. But when you help someone too much, you make an enemy. That is where balance comes in. Balance is very, very important in life. Don't be too extreme in anything you are doing. They say too much of everything is a disease, and it is the truth, even in the things of God. You help people, you understand? Fine, you make it. But when it becomes too much, you make an enemy. That enemy might not be that person, you know. It could be something else. Let me give you a scenario. A young girl came, comes to me and says, Ah, bro, still was. Ah, please, this morning, I have not eat when I was coming. I'm very, very hungry. And God helped me that day. I had so much, and I said, Go and eat. Maybe in the afternoon, again, she came. Ah, I have not eaten. God help me, I give her. She keeps coming, I keep giving her. Possibly I have the resources, or I'm not thinking, I don't have anything in mind, I'm giving her. Now, maybe that lady, so a, a guy is in the corner observing what is happening. Maybe that guy, yeah, maybe he has been toasting that girl. The girl has not been agreeing for him. Or he has been planning to. Now, as he keeps seeing the girl coming to me, he does not know what the girl is coming for. That the girl just come and collect money for food, that there is nothing between us. The guy will just conclude, eh, so because of this stupid boy, that this girl did not want to agree for me. So this is my competition, Abby. You will see. On enemy I did not know from anywhere. My goodness now attracts. That's just an example. That's how it happens. It happens even in the church. Do you understand? It happens in place of when when you are becoming constantly extremely good and nice, chances of attracting enemies. Not that the enemy will likely be that person you are helping you. But other observers, do you understand? People as well that want to gain the attention of that person. 
might begin to look at you that as a rival, as a threat. They may start feeling insecure and they become enemy. So that is why you need to be very, very balanced and you should be observant. So don't be so carried away of doing good. Also watch the terrains. Do you understand? See the reactions that what you are doing is what earning. And then do the right thing. There are sometimes you'll be doing some things. You see that this thing will cause problem. You stop and educate. Um, there was a time that I was in my former church. They, um, there was this, this kind of people, when they see you, you know, when people see that you are, you are in a church, maybe you are in a leadership position, so they'll just assume that you are well, you are rich. Maybe after seven, they'll just come and sit you down. Ah, brother, this one, I, I don't have this one, my wife did this one, my child, they'll start complaining. And you, you, you will be forced to, if you have money, you want to be helping them. Do you understand? Someone will come and tell you, I've been looking for a job how many years, I did not get a job. It is normal. Once you are in a church, I don't know if it happens here, but once you are in a church, you are, and you are coming out often, you will experience it. I don't know how many you might have experienced it. That's how it happens. So, it, ha- it came to a time that was always happening to me. And it, it became it, it, it a problem if I'm going to church, if I don't have a certain amount of money with me, I'll not be comfortable going. Because I know that if I go there, I will see someone that will tell me, ah, sir, buy this one for me. This, this, and it, it became a problem for me at that time. But God helped me. There was, there was a pastor in the church I was able to confide in. I said, sir, look at what I'm experiencing. You know, this thing is really getting... And I don't know how to say no to people. The man had told me that. He now gave me instances of... Um, I think, um, is it Peter and Andrew? Peter and Paul? Uh, the, the, the man, the, the story at the beautiful gate, where they say, silver and gold, I have not. What I have given to you. The man told me that it's not every time people come to you that what you will give them is always money. So when they can come to you, you give them advice. You, you teach them. Do you understand? The, the dignity of labor. Do you understand? So now people will come to you. What you need to do is cancel them. You Sometimes you need to pray for them. It's not every time they come to you and complain that you must, you must be that at the end of the day you give them money. Sometimes the advice you give them, sometimes the prayers you give them, you pray for them, might bear fruit whereby someone else will help them. So listen, that advice really helps me and I, that pressure went off. So if you say that I have money and my spirit is telling me to give you, fine. If it's one I can pray with you, I can open one scripture in the Bible with you, that is it. That was how God helped me to overcome that. Do you understand? Because if I have continued giving money, giving money, giving money, giving money, a time will come, someone will come to me and ask for them for money, and I will not give the person. The person will pick me as an enemy. That, uh, hey, he has been giving everybody my own tongue. Do you understand? So that is why this person is saying that when you help someone, when you are nice to somebody, you earn a friend. But when you become too nice or become too good, you make an enemy. Is that understood? Is that understood? So please, let's be what careful. Now, friends, we always underestimate your virtues. Do you understand? Remember, I told us earlier that friends are those that will help us to identify our potential. Friends, you have virtues that are the good qualities in you. Now, an ideal friend, a true friend, a real friend does not flatter, as I said earlier. Most times they underestimate your virtue. When they say underestimate, your friend will not come and tell you you are 100 over 100. A friend that wants to go far will not tell you you are 100 over 100. They can tell you you are trying, you are 70, you are 80. Keep it up. So that zeal will still be there. If my friend come and tell me that, ah, but still was they already there. In fact, then, hey, your, your teaching is there. You are, mm, you are, you are, they are made already. Your, this, you are that praising me necessarily. I think I come here from that person. Because the person wants me to not start resting on my laurels. Your friends are to inspire you to keep going. This, the race of life is consistent. Once you begin to relax, I told us something before that I told us. We can remember that in the work of God, we don't work, we don't retire, we do what? We refire. So you can, when people begin to tell you, ah, you know, what are you going to pray? Some, some, some people can tell you, what are you praying for again? All the prayer, prayer, your prayer I've done, 
Your prayer father, you, now, you don't need to fight. Your level, you don't need to pray again. You just need to say it. Ah, God, this is what I want. It will happen. That for you to be straining yourself, praying easy, that you are wasting fire, you are abusing your position in the Lord. So I will tell you that. And they are friends. So, so friends can intentionally undervalue your virtues so that they can keep you what, on your toes. But if you don't have understanding, you will think that they hate you or they are envying you. But you don't know that they are doing you good. But your enemies, how you know enemies? Enemies will always overstate your faults. Your weaknesses, your enemy will blow it. Will blow it up. For example, now he, he's doing this thing. I know, for example, my case, okay, so I know that, that some weakness and something I have, so I begin to see. And they are blowing. When you call my name now, some people, I know that the first thing that will come to their mind, there are some things that they will, be, they will first say. Before they now begin to say, well, he is this, so let's, this is normal. So your enemies are the ones that will focus more on your weaknesses and they will blow it up. Let me use the church for example. There was a time that it was a trending thing. They said that church is a scam. That our pastors, all they only know after just collect our titan and offering. It was everywhere. Celebrities that the freeze, even for whiskey. I don't know they were they, they turned to pastors. They started teaching us how to pay our tithes and what how, how not to how to not to pay, how to monitor it. It became a trend. Now, it is possible that there are some pastors so that have mismanaged church funds. It is possible that there are some pastors that have done some things that are wrong, that have deceived people. Do you understand? But the enemy picked those ones and now made them an example. Now, all the good things that we see in the church, some people are living today because of the church. It is a church that gives them shelter, food and everything. Nobody was talking about, about that one. Do you understand? You will not open news today and see any news that, ah, a church, come one church and say, this church gave this one scholarship. If you want to see those things, let's go to those church. Maybe their website or their stations or their or their own publications. But in the mainstream, the only thing that we sell is what the bad things. That is how our enemies work. So when you have a force, when you have a weakness, your enemy will pick it up and we overestimate, we even add jara to it. Do you understand? You will add salt and pepper, paint it very well. So that's what because his intention is to what? Kill, steal, and destroy you completely. So Conclusively, we're also looking at the differences between an enemy or a friend, which this will now lead us to the last part of the discussion, which is the friend enemies. I would rather have an enemy who admits that they hate me than a friend who secretly puts me down. So that is for me. That's my personal decision. I don't know about you. Someone should come out and make it clear. You are my enemy. We are enemy. You hate me. Let me know you hate me. At least if I see that you are eating, I will not, I'll not come close. Do you understand? If I say anything good to you, if I feel like telling you congratulations, I will say. If I feel like you keep quiet, I will keep quiet. I know, that, I know that you hate me. Now, for you to say you're my friend, I take you as a friend, but in secret, do you understand? You detest me. Do you understand? So you need to be very, very what careful. Very, very what careful. That enemy that made it clear that he hates you or she hates, and you know, is better than some of your friends that in the secret don't know what they are doing. So why am I saying this? Who can who can explain? What do you think? I, why did I just make this um quote? Let me know if you are following. Why did I make this last quote? I make why? Ah, which quote? Why you? Some is not even in the class. I said that I did rather have an enemy who I know hates me than I have a friend who secretly puts me down. So what do you think made me say this? Or why do you think it's important for us to have to value people who hate us when we know than those who are friends so but in the secret? Why? Okay. Because um, you're enemy, you know this person don't like you. 
And even if the person tried to harm you, you will not feel hurt that much because you already know no. that this person is not like you. But when somebody that you confide in, like my definition of um, friendship is um, a person that you enjoy his own thing yes. and feels affection for you. Yes. So you feel that kind of person that you actually enjoy his company, you feel like. If yes. Enjoy yourself. The person should not hold you. The way huh. you feel very like, yes. so this person is not even my friend. Friend, yes. So this person can do this. So be like the way it will pain you, give your enemy hurt you. Not that much. That's not of your friend. Abaco, Lamborghini. Atama, Abaco, Lamborghini. So when I say give Atama clap, what do you do? So give Atama clap. Ah, he's a cook. Come on, clap. No, no, no. Remove that. Do some clap for me. Junior, bring that hand and clap. Clap, clap. Let me hear you. He's a cook. Catching your hands. Because she's not an outsider. Give him to clap. You will stand up. No, I don't face. You will stand up. How are you doing? I say, give her a time I know if I have pointed you, you cannot answer the person which she answered. So, come and sit down. Come and sit down. So, give her a time clap, everybody. Hmm. All right. So, let's move to fair enemies. But before I go to fair enemies, I want us to read a Bible scripture. I want to read the Bible scripture that will help us understand how to treat our friends and our, our enemies more like. Because we already know that our friends love us and we love them in return. Is it not true? But our enemies, what do we do? Let's look at Matthew chapter 5. We read from verse 44 to 48. I want a fast reader because we have a lot to still cover. Chapter 5, verse 44 to 48. I will separate both of you. Hey. But I say unto you, love uh-huh. your enemies. Bless Be here, you know. As I say unto you, do what? Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Bless them that you. Are you hearing? Do good to them that hate you. Uh-huh. And pray for them which respect you. And pray. And pray. They don't say swell. They don't say someone first. Ah, hey, we will swear. It's not beware for this person. This one, that one, that one, that one. No, but we say we should pray for them. Yes. Mm-hmm. That ye may be the children of your father, which is the devil. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and send the and send bread to the church for the rejoicing. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans. You see, even the public and the first, the worldly people, they do the same thing. They only love those that love them. So if you too, you only love those that love, that means they're not the same, different from the world. What makes you children of God is that we to love those that hate you. Go on. And if you salute your brethren, what do they more than others? Do not, do not even take the church. Okay, be ye therefore perfect, as even as your father which is in heaven is. So, perfection has to do with what? Loving even your enemies. You see this rain that fell now. As rain was falling, was there a particular place that you don't need for? This is a church, right? We came here. We, when I came, I saw um, Junior. I saw, I saw some people, they were cleaning the water. 
If you should be there, it should, it should be a shrine around this vicinity. If you go there, too, you will see sea rain. You will see sea water there. I mean, if you go to those places, the place will be dry. No rain there. Eh? When God opens the heavens, He doesn't look at, ah, this one is just, this one is righteous. He gives everybody. You understand? So, to some extent, He treats us equally. The Bible says something that God is not a respecter of what? Persons. So we as well, as children of God, we should not discriminate. When people hate us, do you understand? Our victory over them is what love. There is a book I want us to read if you have um, if you have the time and the chance. The book is what Victory Through Love by Kenneth Hagin. I started reading the book and the book is a very powerful book. So you to, by loving people, do you understand, that hate you, you can actually overcome. You overcome them. Do you understand? Let's um, look at a quote by a certain man. The name of that man is Martin Luther King. Please, all this now, say, make sure you are just, you know, make sure you are just, because my test, my test, I will ask you all these questions in my test. Be that be paying, anything now, anything that comes from this mouth is question, is questionable. Okay, like anything that comes out of this mouth is a question you can answer. I can ask you that, I can, I can write this quote now and tell you who, 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 who said it. Oh, John, ask me again. Now, listen very well. That man said, now, he was reacting, pay attention. He was reacting to what that book of Matthew 5, verse 44 said. Down. He said, now, there is a final reason. There is a final reason, I think, that Jesus, that Jesus says, love your enemies. Pay, pay attention. Please, pay attention. You guess it for them. Now, there is a final reason I think that Jesus says, love your enemies. Who said this? Martin Luther King Jr. It is this. Just keep being friendly to that person. Just keep loving them and they can't stand it too long. Love is the only force. Are you quoting the word? Yes, I'm quoting his word. Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy to a friend. So that was his quote. He said that there is a reason why he thinks Jesus said that we should love our enemies. That the reason is that when we just keep being friendly to that person that is our enemy, the person on the long run, as we keep loving them, they cannot stand it anymore. Do you understand? The person's conscience begins to prick them. Ah, this one that I've been hate, this, this girl, this boy, I've been setting all the trap for. That I've been saying all these negative things to. And this person still keeps showing me love. This person keeps respecting me. Do you understand? You the person begins to at some point, even the person start confessing to you that ah, I've offended you, forgive me. I did not know. It is devil. That is what they will say. It is devil. Do you understand? They will talk, 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 talk. You're, you're, you're already a child of God. Your mind is a mind that forgives already. So you overlook. Do you understand? But I need to teach us the truth for the sake of balance. Now, Bible did not put a condition that people must meet before we love them. Is it not true? We are to love people selflessly. Whether our friends or our enemies. Is it not true? <laughs> but there is something you know, that God puts a condition on. Which you must be careful not to give anybody. Except when they earn it. That is trust. The only person you should trust. Without thinking about it is Jesus. You should have faith in God. You should believe in God. That is it. But when it comes to your fellow man, they, you, before you trust anybody, they must earn it. Don't trust people too soon. When you trust people too soon, you stand 
there, you stand the risk of making mistakes. You stand the risk of what opening yourself up to heartbreaks and betrayal. So someone that has been you have known as a friend suddenly comes to you and asks for forgiveness. You forgive that person. Do you understand? Because before now you have been loving him. You have been praying for him already. It could be part of your prayers and your act of love towards that person that made that person to come to make that move. Do you understand? But the person has now come to you. You now come and open yourself for him. Maybe the person has an agenda. Some people, they, when they come and say, I'm sorry, they, maybe they want to get closer to you so that they can now deal with you very well. So someone that has been your enemy all through comes and asks forgiveness. You forgive that person. You now begin to welcome person to your house. You now begin to leave your food. That was a case of a, a lady. Now, this guy has been, this, like, this guy has been her... As he has been insulting her, this guy has been, you know, molesting her. Anywhere this guy sees her, this guy will talk down on her. Then suddenly, suddenly, your wife will say, Low Gigi. Low Gigi, this guy just wake up and begin to become nice. Hey, Sister Beatrice, how are you? Hey, the guy, girl too, was wondering, ah, What is happening? Do you understand? But she do not know that something was cooking. What was cooking? This lady has another friend who is a female that she has a fight with. Do you understand? She has a fight with her fellow girlfriend, a friend, a girl like her. Let's say you have a fight with. So she, she now that her friend now and report to her boyfriend. And that her boyfriend is that guy that was having issue with that girl. Do you understand the story now? So the guy, the guy now came to the girl. He will be like, ah, fine girl, this and that, and this. Because the girl, you know, knew that she was planning something. So they now become, they now become close. So one day he came to the girl's house. The girl was still wondering that, ah, what, this was coming to my own house. Now got to this level. The girl was. But the girl did not see what was happening. So the girl now said, okay, let me get you something to eat. Now there was a drink. The girl was drinking something, like a juice, when the guy came in. Now the girl, you know, the moment the guy was, the girl was going to go and get food for the guy, she did not take her juice along. She left the juice, that place, with the guy. As she left, the guy poured poison inside the juice for her. So she, she, she came back, she brought food for the guy. The guy was eating. She, she was drinking her... She you know that poison has been that was poisoning that and the girl was pregnant that time. So she gave birth to the girl, to the child prematurely, and she died. Because of she died slowly and painfully because of the effects of that poison she drank. So this guy came as a friend. He can let us settle our differences. Let us there's no need of quarreling. Quarreling is not good. Do you understand? But he has some ulterior motive. There was some evil agenda he had. That is where, where friend enemies comes in. Do you understand? So don't be so careless. To trust people who have given you sign that they are evil, who have given you the, the, the evidence that they hate you. You should love them. Love is different from trust. When Bible says you should love, they say you should pray for them. For where our sister would have read, you should pray for them. Is it not true? What again the Bible says we should do for them? Would have please go back to that place you read. Matthew 5, I think verse 46 or thereabouts. Because I want to see, you see that, that place, Bible will not tell us trust them. Commit your life in, your, in their hands. Bible not say that one. So don't go out. Hey, I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking. Not the one that you now go out now. You now see someone that is, you know, anyhow, person. You now trust that person. The person now come harm you. You now come and say it brought stewards. So he said we should love our enemies. Okay, start. Love Those that came late, pay attention. That we may be children of the Father, which is in heaven. 
It's okay. Now go back to that place. Say, no, I want to go back. I want to, I want to scratch something. Um, love those that stand up. That love those that hate you. You know what I mean? Love. You hear that? You hear? Love your, uh-huh. love your enemies. You hear, you know? Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. Blessing is not. Blessing means the person, um, you keep saying good things towards them. You will be fruitful. Anything you put your hands on, you pros, that is blessing, you know? Not that you will not submit your life to them. Uh-huh. The next one. Do good to them. Do good is not that you should trust them. Do good is that maybe they say they are hungry. If you have food, you know what But that one, you should be prayerful too and be led before you, you even do that because this world is wicked. So now you can do good to people. They can use your act of goodness against you. Ahead, the next one. Uh-huh. And pray for them. Sit down. It's okay. So you see what God expects us to do with our enemies. That we should love them. One, we should... You should do good to them. Two, we should do. We should bless them. People are not paying attention. What are the four things that Bible says we should do to those that hate us? Number one. Uh huh. Do good to them. Always pray for them. So these are the ways you can show them love. You not say trust them more. Not say trust them. You know that you now become yummy 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 with them. That you now be going to the house. They come to your house. You are your own. If anything happens, don't call my name and say it is me that teach you that one. And look what I thought. I thought to the scripture. Love. Love them instead of blessing them. Do good to them. And the last one is what? Pray for them. Pray for them. Simple and short. And that one you are doing, God is not instructed. You are doing it on your own. And when the repercussion comes, you are in your state. You are in where? On your state. <laughs> I know say, but I say on your, on your own. You go for me, but I will call for my head. So let's go to feminism. Let's see if we can quickly define feminism as we conclude. Now, they ask you what is friend. Now, before I go to feminism, please, I want us to understand something. That enemies are different from strangers. So, we have friends, we have enemies, right? We have, then we have strangers. Strangers are people we don't know. They are unknown. Do you understand? Now, people can... Now, there's a difference between I have you as my enemy and then you are my enemy. So now you can make people your enemy. Some people can make you their Some people are your enemy. They have made you their own enemy, but you don't know. Do you understand? You don't know them. In their mind, maybe this guy now has been looking at me. He sees me. And there is something about me that is gossiping. To, to, to him now, I'm a threat. I'm an opposition. That means I'm an enemy. Do you understand? He can admire me. Do you understand? To him, I'm a friend. But I do not know. I don't know what is in his mind. Do you understand? So he's my friend. He, I am his friend or his enemy, but he's a stranger to me. Do you understand? So when he comes to the scene, because I don't know him before, I've not seen him before, I don't know where, what is his motive. He's a, he's a stranger. Do you understand? So I should not treat him as a friend or as an enemy, but a stranger. And how do you treat strangers? Let's open our Bible to Leviticus. He's in the Old Testament, chapter 19, verse 34. When you see people you don't know, when you see people that... That that have that have mixed, you know, these you mixed feelings. You don't know whether to hate them or like them because you are yet to uncover their true identity. You do what the Bible says in the book of Leviticus. Are we there? Okay, can you read for us? 1934. Is the only woman that is opening her Bible? Yes, read for us. for us. Alien living with you. 
Speak out. The alien, the alien are the world, the strangers. They should be treated as what? They should be treated as your native. That means the same way as your kings, your family. Okay, continue. Love him as yourself. So your the native, the 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 the, the um the, down, the strangers, the visitors, people you don't know that come to you. You should also treat them as you will treat those you know. Do you understand? You should love them. So you can see that that love is what for everyone. You can see both your friends, so your enemies and strangers alike. You should love them. So conclusively, let's go to friend enemies. You know, we are trying to um, round up our last um, this thing. Uh, hey, those that came late, the assignment I gave is what I'm discussing since. So you know, do the assignments. It's only um, I think um, Wura and and um, and already I tried. They not even do it well. They just attempted. The rest of you not do it. And I'm going to match the assignment. So now let's go to frenemies. Who can define frenemies? Who have defined it earlier as what? A friend, an enemy that disguises as a friend. Is it not true? An enemy that disguises as a friend is what? A friend enemy. Okay, it was you. All right. Huh? Huh? Uh, Friend, not friend enemy, friend enemy. It's a blend. Blend. Blending. You know what is blending? Blending. Blending is a situation whereby you take two different words. Do you understand? You take the first part of it, the first word and the last part of the last word and you put it together to form a new word with a different with a different meaning. For example, you know we have breakfast. You first food is eat in the morning and we have lunch. So when you take B, from breakfast and then the last part of lunch and join together, you have what they call brunch. The food you eat in between your breakfast and your lunch. Do you understand? So, the same way we did friend enemy, they took the first part of the spelling of friend and then they took the last part of enemy and formed join together to form a new word with a different meaning called friend enemy. Please, we started late, so that's why it's taking a bit of time. So next time, you push when they, when they say something to you, come on time. Not that you will stay there 30 minutes with us. We're not giving me time, I should round up, I should round up. I'll soon round up. I want to conclude that next week I can go to a fresh topic. Huh? Is it rain? They have finished since. Since 7 o'clock, I was there. Rain, I wish it rain. And your sister is here, since they like, not rain. They are late Nigerian youth. Not true, not rain anything. Alright, so a friend enemy refers to a person which to one is friendly, despise a fundamental word, dislike. So you dislike somebody, someone is your rival, but you are still friendly with them. Do you understand? Do you understand it? Someone that you are friendly with, someone you are nice to, despise a fundamental dislike. That person is your friend enemy. If there was time, I would have gone taking us to the scripture to explain, give us an example of two people that we are friend enemies. But um, next week is our test, so I'm not giving you assignments, just gonna read your book. But the next time I come around, before I go to the next topic we have, I am going to give us, explain, tell to summarize for us the story of two characters in the Bible that we are friend enemies. Those two characters we are David and Joab. David and Joab. Joab was the um Joab was the captain of the host of David's army. Do you understand? And David, we know, was the king. 
So their relationship was not as cordial as we think. So when next we meet again, I am going to what explain to us better. Do you understand? Do you understand? But just take it away that a friend enemy is someone that you are friendly with, despite a fundamental dislike. Do you have any question? Do you have, do you have any question? <laughs>